There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It seems like there's one technical glitch after another haunting the government at the moment, doesn't it? In addition to the technical glitch that led to more than 16,000 people not being counted as infected by COVID-19, it now turns out that more than 40,000 people who were due to be contacted yesterday through track and trace couldn't be because a load of phones failed due to another, wait for it, technical glitch or computer malfunction. Then it emerged that the original glitch came about as a result of someone using an outdated 13-year-old version of Microsoft Excel. That's right, you can't get married and have a party like it's 2007, but the government are relying on the control of a virus with something that was new when Tony Blair was handing over the Prime Minister's office to Gordon Brown. And as if that wasn't bad enough, Tory conference yesterday uh, was described as a complete shambles when a Zoom meeting, a seminar with top business leaders who had paid a lot of money to be part of it, couldn't go ahead because of yet another, you've guessed it, computer glitch. The question has to be asked here, have we got an analogue government trying to operate in a digital age? Today, Boris Johnson makes his keynote address and it's all about wind power. Let's just hope nothing goes wrong with the Prime Minister's wish to turn the UK into the Saudi Arabia of wind. I can think of another slogan. I'll bring it to you a little bit later on. We'll be asking Colonel Bob Stewart, MP, uh, whether there will be any rebellions in the House of Parliament this this week because the rule of six is going to come under scrutiny, as is the 10pm curfew for pubs. Rishi Sunak this morning was talking to Julia Hartley Brewer uh, and sounding very supportive of Boris Johnson. But there's a lot of people out there in the wider community Tory voters, Tory um, absolute uh, sort of people who would always vote Tory all the time and those who went for it for the first time who were not happy with the way things are. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we are joined by former presidential aide Sebastian Gorka on the remarkable change of fortunes for Donald Trump who made a triumphant return to the White House last night after three nights in the Walter Reed military hospital being treated for COVID. It was quite a dramatic moment uh, as he got into his helicopter uh, with chance of four more years and USA coming from the streets of Maryland. As he got into the uh, helicopter Marine One and as it soared through the night sky onto the lawn of the White House, it was a remarkable piece of what you might describe um, as cinema. And I put a tweet out in which I said, 
Donald Trump still has the ability to capture the news agenda. It was stage managed. It was amazingly a time to go out at the same time as all the main national news anchors were talking on the national news shows in America, seven o'clock at night. And then he gets up the steps of the White House, rips off his mask and declares, don't be afraid of COVID. I have to say, I did predict every single part of that. I did say he would come back stronger. I did say it might even just win him the election. 03444991000. We'll be joined by Conservative commentator Esther Kraku. She's going to be with us to discuss how The Guardian manages to put together a list of the 100 uh, most important black Britons missing out Sir Trevor MacDonald, missing out Ainsley Harriet, and missing out Lord Boateng as well. What an extraordinary thing. We'll also hear an everyday tale of how badly schools are dealing with coronavirus scares. And Professor Carol Sikora will be here to explain why he's not so sure the testing regime is actually working. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, on, you know what it is, the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Welcome to the home of common sense. Welcome to a place where we like to think, and I'm not going to try and jinx the show today, we don't have too many technical glitches, but we appear to have a government which is absolutely riven by one technical glitch after another. First of all, they miss out 16,000 people being tested positive for coronavirus because of a technical glitch. Then we discover uh, that the spreadsheet they're using is 13 years old, right? I mean, one of my sons had only just been born when this particular version of Microsoft Excel was doing the rounds. And I don't think you would be happy with a 13-year-old television. I don't think you'd be happy with a 13-year-old phone. Why on earth is the government happy with 13-year-old software? They now say they won't be able to fix the software for several months. Also, can somebody please explain to me why Matt Hancock keeps referring to Public Health England causing all these problems since it's been abandoned? I don't understand. Let's talk to Colonel Bob Stewart, Conservative MP for Beckenham, and see if he's got any answers for us. Colonel Bob, a very good morning to you. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Answers for you straight away. Okay. Yes. Listen. Ask me questions. I'll try. Yes. Well, first question is: Why on earth is this government an analog government in a digital age? (laughs) Well, I think it is fair to say this is a very strange environment we're in. It's it's unique and it's. um, very different and i'm afraid mistakes will be made we're all human but the one thing i can assure you of is the government is trying to do its very best sometimes it gets things wrong and um clearly uh, we've got to get things right well it's quite important because people's livelihoods are at stake bob and yeah, you know it's it's all very well yeah. to say i mean i had andrew bridging on yesterday telling me that boris johnson's terribly miserable because he hates him you know embarking on on policies that limit people's freedom that's all very well for him to be uh, miserable uh, but there's a lot of really miserable people out there who can't see their relatives who haven't been able to hug their grandchildren who haven't been able to have weddings funerals haven't been able to have a drink in a pub after 10 o'clock at night or well, isn't uh, that because the uh, medical advice is this is bad news and actually it will make people more sick. I mean, put the other side, uh, Mike, as well. I mean, I I personally don't entirely endorse, you know, the rule of six. I do think kids should be uh, allowed to be uh, access to that. And I think people should be allowed to meet in their gardens. And I'm, you know, that sort of thing. And I don't like the curfew of 10 10 p.m. But, um, you know, you know, slowly, slowly, used to be catch the monkey i'm not sure whether that's right these days 
Yes, well, that's the trouble. I mean, the point is, we're all listen. We've all been very patient, um, Colonel Bob. We've all understood, as 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 we all did, I think, at the beginning, that this was a terrible virus that nobody knew much about that could wreak havoc with the population, particularly the elderly population, and everybody got that. But it seems now that the scientific advice is patchy at best. You know, there are plenty of scientists who disagree with the scientific advice that's being followed by the government, and there are people's livelihoods at stake. And I speak to doctors all the time who say, you know, we must be very careful. We heard again this morning that NHS um, rationing is going to have to take place for people who need operations. And I don't think that's really acceptable anymore. No, I think we've got to be, I think the government has got to change uh, quite a lot. And in quite a lot, I mean, we've got to be more targeted. Um, Personally, I think those people that require protection, Mike, should get it um, and and they should self-isolate. Perhaps people over 70 who've got, conditions and let them decide that and the rest of the population should should actually carry on much as usual but with taking sensible precautions and sensible precautions being don't get too close to other people that you don't know yes and i think bob lots of us have changed our behavior i mean i certainly make sure that if i'm walking down the street i walk you've got thinner um have i I don't think that's been deliberate. I think that may just be the, the, the trick of the lights. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, but, <laughs> I, but the, uh, you know, when I walk down the street, if I look as if I'm somebody's coming a bit too close to me, I tend to walk further away. Um, if yeah. I'm on the, uh, the underground, I put a mask on. If I go to a shop, I put a mask mm-hmm. on, you know, but I really do think that it's time that that we started to see the damage that's being done. I mean, up in Scotland, we're hearing they're going to do another lockdown for two weeks, uh, uh, what they call a circuit breaker. I think if you did that here, and I think Rishi Sunak's against it, there would be uproar. Well, I, I'm against it too. I, I think that um, we've we've got to be much, much more selective in, in what we do and how we do it. I mean, I've already, in the macro terms, I think uh, people that require to be protected or feel vulnerable, and it's not just the over 70s, there are people below that too, who've got some sort of condition or, in a, or trying to shield someone else. Um, they should be allowed to, to isolate, self-isolate. We should help them as much as possible. Um, but the rest of society has got to get, get round to living with this wretched disease. Uh, and that, that means, you know, carrying on as normal. Now, I just hope that carrying on as normal uh, means that we keep doing the jobs, so that the restaurants keep staying open. They're doing a pretty good job. Look, look how successful schools have been in a way. We expected a sort of uh, a spike from schools. We haven't had it. We've had a spike from universities where people have been a bit daft. But then, you know, that's what university students are. They're young and they're full of life and they want to live. Uh, I, I have to say I feel rather sorry for them. Yes, and also, presumably, I mean, the way that the, the, the disease is spreading through universities, Sheffield in particular, Newcastle as well seems to be quite bad, you know, it's not necessarily harmful to those people, to those individuals. I mean, don't forget, most people who get this disease don't even know they've had it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that, that's the danger, because, um, you know, it, 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 I'm all right, Jack, you know, an old English saying, I'm all right, Jack, it won't affect me, mm. it is good. But it will affect other people, and they could well pass it on to other people. And that's 
That is the danger, and that's what the government has got to be conscious of. It can't just say, ignore that, and say... Well, no, well, but, can't it, but, can't, but can't it say, you know, therefore it's your responsibility as an individual, if you have anybody in your family who might be vulnerable, or there are other people around you who might be vulnerable, then you don't make sure, make sure that you don't put them in danger. Don't hug them, don't go too near them. You know, it's possible to leave it to other people to work it out, isn't it? Why does the government, Mike, need to say that? Isn't it bloody obvious well exactly to people to people that they should actually take care yes isn't it obvious that we all have an individual responsibility the government can lay down the basic rules um local councils yeah. can do what they can um we can try and ameliorate some of the job losses by paying out some but not everyone no. can, can can get the money we're we're hugely in debt two two trillion is our debt now um but you know individuals have got to take responsibility for what they do um i do um and uh, so does my family now yeah. um that that is what i think we should be going to and i think we should be less waiting for the government to make up rules but make up rules ourselves and how we behave and how we deal with and how we look after our family we individually have right. a responsibility to not just ourselves but also our families and those people around us. And exactly. I, think, I think we've got to get more more down to those basic things. But that's what I'm saying. You know, there's no need to start, well, I agree with you. you know, handing out fines to some hamburger joint because they gave yeah, well, out, I, they gave I, out I don't, you know, they gave out a hamburger. Dobbing your neighbour is pretty awful, isn't it? I, I you know, <laughs> the idea of dobbing in your neighbour really does fill me with horror. It does. But, uh, but also, you know, Bob, there's no, there's no evidence, as far as I know, that suggests that any young person has infected an older relative, because why would they? You know, the idea that Matt Hancock comes out and says, don't kill your granny. Well, who's going to? You know, if you're well, a young person... They will, well, they will, if, they will if they're carrying the flipping disease and they go and see their no, grandparents. No, they you won't know, necessarily. There's ways of yeah, doing well, it. OK, well, they, that's what I mean by individual responsibility. Take care. Look at, look at your granny and your granddad and think, if I go and see them, you know, I could actually yes. be the, the, the means of their death. So I won't do that. Yes, but I think, I think but surely, but most people, Bob, will have taken that decision and will have that view. But what they don't need to be told is that you can't go home for Christmas. You have to stay in your room for the rest of time uh, and you won't be able to go to any lessons, even though you've paid for them, because we don't think you can be trusted. Well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I think we're a wee way, way away from Christmas. I don't think that will happen. Um, I think actually using remote means for teaching actually is remarkably successful, actually, uh, in a way. Um, I know we, you miss out on the social side of being at, at a university. And that, that's, I think that's, that's more than half of being at a university, get, you know, growing up at university and, and uh, going into the adult world and meet, meeting other people. I think that's that's 50 percent. So that 50 percent at least has gone. And that is the real sadness. Mm. No, exactly right. And I mean, there is going to be a vote very possibly uh, more likely than not, I think, on this 10 p.m. curfew and also on the rule of six. Will you vote against it if there is? I don't know. I'm going to listen to listen to what's happening. I really hope the government will say, look, it doesn't work. The rule of six needs to be amended. I mean, that's what the government <coughs> should do if there's sufficient strength in the Commons to look, people like myself saying, I'm not sure that's right. Mm. I mean, for goodness sake, um, 10 o'clock curfew. Well, they all pile out at 10 o'clock. They pile out at 11. You know, it, it, it seems to me 
um, it's arbitrary, and I'm, I'm not sure that the evidence is there uh, as to 10 o'clock. Presumably, by 11 o'clock, you'd be more drunk. Therefore, you'd be less inhibited. Well, but I mean, to be honest, um, if we're talking about individual responsibility and putting responsibility down back with people, um, that, that, sh that is a factor and shouldn't matter so much. No. Well, given that you're a former military man, uh, Colonel Bob, I'm going to give you some ammunition for your uh, debate, right? Uh, one, one, 11 out of the 16 local lockdown areas have seen the infection rates of COVID 19 doubling, okay? So the local lockdown doesn't appear to work. Um, what we also know is that all of the, the measures that have been taken, including the compulsory wearing of masks, has resulted in the infection rate going up. So that's another question that I would put to any of these well, medical okay, people. Fine. Right? I mean, I've written about masks. I'm, I'm dubious about their value. I, I am dubious about their value. Um, I, I, I am not clear why infection rates should go up, because whatever, whatever we do know about this disease, it's spread by contact with mm. human beings yeah. so if you don't have contact with human beings it shouldn't spread and yet if you've got a lockdown rate if you've got lockdown you shouldn't be having as much contact and why is it going up uh question i can't answer i told you i didn't know the answers to everything in fact i know the answers to very little <laughs> listen you're one of the most honest politicians i know bob which is why we like to get you on you know unfortunately not everybody well, you is... can keep asking me yeah on, well let me ask my, you i rather like being on your program at least you allow me to say what i want to say of course we do we are the home of common sense after all let me ask you this question do you think it's acceptable for the government to spend 12 billion pounds of taxpayers money on a track and trace system that can't track and can't trace no not really but they, they were trying. I mean, we are in strange times. The, the, they were trying to get, get it right. They've got it wrong, obviously. Track and Trace has not been a Massively big Massively wrong. But I mean, but I tell you what, Mike, whatever government was in power now, they'd be getting a hell of a kicking because I can't see how else, you know, you could be a Conservative, Labour, Liberal Democrat, God help us, um, Scottish Nationalist. It's not... It's not entirely the government's fault. Though everyone thinks the government to, is to blame, actually, we're all to blame. And well, we I'm not to blame. I refuse to accept the well, blame well, you for the are government. To blame no, so far not at all. We've got to take responsibility. I take no responsibility for idiots. Collectively. No, I don't take responsibility for people. If they want me to take responsibility, they should take my advice. And my advice would have been, don't use a 13-year-old Excel Microsoft spreadsheet to try and analyse data from 2020. And if I was a minister, I'd accept that advice. But I'm not a minister, I'm a backbencher. And all I want as, as a backbencher, um, you know, all MPs, say well for my constituency well i do say for my constituency but i say also for the country we've got a real problem uh, of sorting this this matter out on the one hand we've got to somehow get a grip of covid19 so that we can live with it on the other hand we've got an economy that's actually in free fall with a two trillion pound debt which we've got to somehow recover because otherwise our children and our grandchildren are going to be paying this back, mm. you know, in their way of life because they won't be able to have the way of life that I and you have been lucky enough to have. So somehow or other, we've got to balance those two problems. And that's what the government is trying to do imperfectly. All governments are imperfect. Um, and, you know, Boris Johnson is getting a, a kicking in the press. But I can tell you this, he's doing his very best. Well, listen, 
you have admitted that the government has made mistakes. I think if the government admitted they'd made mistakes, they might be uh, uh, getting a little bit more sympathy from the general public. But they keep going on about how they've been following the science, uh, which now looks more and more uh, like what can only be described as a pyramid of piffle, as Bob, uh, as Boris Johnson would call it. Well, OK. Well, um, I, I watch the science and I've written about this. I did have a daily blog for every day during the, the main crisis. And I questioned a lot of the, the, the science. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, I caveated that by saying I'm not a, I'm not a flipping scientist. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I just wonder whether, you know, a scientist told me that coronavirus could just float straight through uh, a face mask and, you know, you know, millions and millions of them can sit on, the, on a pin head. So if you can breathe through a bit of cloth, sure as hell coronavirus can float through carefully you know without even stopping well um, you know you know as well as i do bob i mean you spent more time in bosnia than i did but when i was there the logistics corps were a quite remarkable outfit if the logistics corps had made these kind of errors in dealing with whatever it was they were sent to, to sort out uh, there would be hell to pay they did cock up occasionally mike you did know they? yeah yeah i mean uh, um, the we we always cock up because we are we're human um, and uh, this is really unprecedented times we're living in. Um, it's very easy for us to moan and whine about the government. It, it's it's the, everyone hates politicians, you know. It's a default. With good reason. Position. <laughs> no, there you are. There you are. No, that's not fair. That is bloody well not fair, Mike. <laughs> you know. Um, it's, know, it's, it's fair. It's not fair for some, but it's fair for others. Well let, me, well, let me tell you why they hate uh, politicians. Right? I'll give you one simple reason: Margaret Ferrier, the woman from the SNP who refuses to give up her job despite having spread coronavirus not only round the Palace of Westminster but all around London and all over the trains up and down to Scotland. She's still well, there. Can, uh, well, um, there are arguments. I, I frankly, I want her gone. You know, but um, apparently once an MP's in position and elected in, even the party can't shift them um, because they have to resign themselves or they have to be there's a sort of they have to be found guilty of some crime, which I think it is a crime what she's done. And they then they have to face the selection. Yeah, I think that Margaret Ferrier should go. She's a hell. She's not a conservative just for once. It's not a Conservative that's done it or a Labour Party. It's the SNP, the self-righteous people that live north of the border that are always lecturing us about how badly we treat Scotland. Yeah. And frankly, we don't when my constituents have to give up two grand a year to, for every single Scots person, um, uh, we, which we give from central government. No one mentions that. No, of course not. I'll leave you with one final thought. Mike from uh, uh, on Twitter has said this. I don't know about the Saudi Arabia of wind, but we do seem to be becoming the Saudi Arabia of democracy and civil liberties. What do you make of that? Well, I did, I did, <laughs> I've been to Saudi Arabia, Mike. I suspect you have. I can tell you we're a hell of a long way from there. Right. And one other thing, you know, whatever you say, Parliament has the right to summon the Prime Minister and Ministers and bring them before the bar of the house and up to answer questions. Well, at least we can do that. And many countries in Saudi Arabia, for example, you can't. So before people start talking about us being like North Korea, Saudi Arabia or any other country, actually bear in mind that Parliament in the end 
is sovereign and can actually cause a lot of trouble to a government and actually bring it down. Colonel Bob Stewart, as ever, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Conservative MP for Beckenham. He's going to listen to the arguments. He may vote against the rule of six and the curfew at ten. We shall see. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The 2020 U.S. presidential election on Talk Radio. Bet on the U.S. election with Betfair with odds that reflect the race in real time. Odds speak louder than words. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Let's go live now to the USA with former White House aide Sebastian Gorka. Thanks to Betfair, our U.S. election coverage partner. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Sebastian Gorka. Before we do that, let us listen to President Trump, who was, of course, the man... Uh, the legend who came out of the uh, hospital yesterday, much against the uh, uh, better judgment of an awful lot of people. And this is what he had to say. After Walter Reed Medical Center, and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders. And I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment, we have the best medicines, all developed recently, and you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago, two days ago I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there. Be careful. We have the best medicines in the world, and it all happened very shortly, and they're all getting approved. And the vaccines are coming momentarily. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. 
The scenes last night outside of Walter Reed Hospital where people were shouting four more years and chanting USA, USA as Donald Trump got onto the uh, the Marine One helicopter and then following it, I was watching it last night on Sky News, incredible piece of dramatic theatre because what people forget about Donald Trump is that he knows precisely how to captivate the media, he knows precisely how to captivate images and he knows precisely what it is that will make him front and centre of every news programme that goes out at that time because that is exactly what he did. And Mark of genius, by the way, when he gets to the top of the stairs, stands in front of the, the balcony and just takes the mask off, puts it in his pocket and looks like a million dollars. Let's talk to Sebastian Gorka, uh, who refers to Donald Trump as the boss. He certainly bossed it last night, Sebastian. <laughs> uh, it was epic. It was truly, look, uh, you know me, Mike. I worked for plain old Mr. Trump when he was a candidate. Yeah. I worked in his White House as a strategist in the first year. Uh, just a few weeks ago, he, he put me on one of his uh, Pentagon boards. So, you know, I, I thought I knew the guy but this weekend has been incredible. I was there at Walter Reed on Saturday. I went back on Sunday to hang out with the great supporters outside. Not even me, Mike, a guy who's worked in the Oval Office, thought that it would be 72 hours and, and the boss is back in, back in the White House. It's truly incredible. And, and what you said is, is absolutely right. That was, you know, the theater of statecraft. Yeah. The idea that, you know, he says, um, guys, uh, I'm gonna, he tweeted this out just before my show yesterday. He said, yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm going to go back to the White House at 6.30. Gets it. F- first, he comes out of Walter Reed that has its own uh, gold doors, just like Trump Tower. He walks to the helicopter, flies back to the, the South Lawn, gets up. And that moment when he took the mask off yeah. from the White House balcony, then the later video he does from the balcony where he says, he sends this really kind of religious message, mm. this Christian message, uh, you know, don't let this thing dominate your lives. Be not afraid. Uh, uh, you know, Mike, that is the definition of being a statesman. I, I grew up under Maggie Thatcher in the UK. It made me feel like mm. I, I was a kid again under Maggie Thatcher. That's what you want from a leader when, when we have this thing making people so afraid irrationally. Yes, of course. And and it's been a very confusing time for the lefties, Sebastian, because, <laughs> you know, when he went in, they weren't sure what they could say. Some of them disgracefully uh, were wishing him dead, which was a disgusting and awful thing to see uh, on social media. Many of them now having uh, taken those tweets away. Joe Biden said he was taking away all the negative ads. He's never going to be able to put them back. Nobody was very sure whether they could, I mean, the fact that they were blaming the president for getting coronavirus was extraordinary because they never blamed anybody else for catching it. They blamed him for everybody else getting it. Now they're blaming him for him getting it. And then they started this ridiculous kind of all well, you know, he could be very debilitated. You know, I said on Friday, and I think I'm the only person that said it at the time, he will come back stronger. He will come back bigger and he will come back and say, I beat coronavirus. That guy over there wouldn't have. And that's why he's going to win the election. I heard you, Mike, and that's why things like talk radio are so immensely important because everybody else in the legacy media told us what on Friday. Here in the United States, they said, oh, oh, he's very sick. Yeah. He, he, he might die. We have to invoke the 25th Amendment of the Constitution to have him replaced because he's going to be incapacitated. He's, an, he's on oxygen. He's dying. It was all utter garbage. Right. It was fake news. He spent three days in, in the hospital. He made multiple videos from the hospital. And then 
that to top it all, he gets into his up-armored SUV and drives down to see all of us to say hi after he bought us pizzas the night before standing outside the hospital. And then, and then what does the fake news do? Oh, my gosh, he's endangered the lives of the Secret Service. Oh, you mean the Secret Service who are trained to catch bodies, catch bullets with their bodies yeah. for the president? Now you care about the police after four months of hating the police, saying they're all racist. Now you think they're, they're really important. We have to protect them. Yeah. It, 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 it encapsulates the last four years and just how morally and, and, and professionally bankrupt the media have become, mm. Mike. And they're all over the place as well, of course, because the other reason that I criticised them for what they said about the, the trip out in the, uh, in the SUV was that, well, if he's putting all of these people in danger while they're all wearing masks, why does everyone <laughs> have to wear a mask if it's still dangerous? And they couldn't answer that. Um, I thought masks work, Mike. Well, you know, I... apparently not. <laughs> so they don't work inside the presidential motorcade, apparently. Strange, yeah. A, a presidential SUV that, by the way, just for those who aren't aware, has a massive thick perspex shield yeah. between the passenger cabin and the drivers. And all of the drivers, the Secret Service agents, were volunteers, had full PPE on. They even had medical gowns on. And I can tell you, as a guy who worked in the White House, who was who loved the uniformed and plainclothes Secret Service that kept us safe, I know that everyone on his detail in the hospital volunteered, said, yeah, me, sir, please, Mr. President, can I be the guy who's driving you down there? Because that's how much they love him, because he has their back and they have his. Right. And what news of uh, a Sleepy Joe? Because obviously, you know, he can't now presumably attack Trump because Trump is still recovering from a disease, which he fought off. So he's in a pretty bad place now, isn't he? Yeah, this is this is the, the really interesting political uh, consequence of all of this. We're we're 27 days away from the most monumental election in, in, in the republic's history and the negative attack ads. They've got to dial it back now, Mike, because this is a man who can say, you know what, um, I've actually caught the virus and I've defeated it. My wife caught it, my closest team members. So he's gonna come back in, in a position, an elevated position to say, I can relate to you, I can sympathize with all of my people here in America, but we cannot let this, this Chinese uh, virus dominate our lives. So, you know, it's gonna be super tough for sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. And what about the debate? Is the debate still on? I mean, I know this week we've got the vice presidential debates happening, I think, on Wednesday night. What about uh, what about that, first of all? But will the second debate between pr President Trump and Joe Biden continue? Yeah, so here, here we're going to have the, 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 the next debate with uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. The vice president's debate is going to be tomorrow. My expectation right now, no final confirmation, is the second and third debates will happen. Uh, they may they may slide the second one by a day or two just to make sure that the you know the incubation period is fully over. But he, you know it's going to be a, a town hall setup. It's going to be very different from the first one, mm. and uh, jo Joe Biden's going to be in trouble, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean the difficulty for Joe Biden, in addition to to having to now fight. You know what? What a man who who appears to be Superman and who is telling everyone that he is Superman is that nobody's talking about Joe Biden. I mean, literally, I haven't heard his name. Yes. I don't think for the last four days. Well, look, it's not an accident that this this man um, not only was is a a, a a international business phenomenon. You think about the fact that the word Trump 
is an international brand from golf courses in, in Scotland all the way to Manhattan. On top of that, before he became president, the, the, the Donald Trump had 14 seasons of one of the most popular reality TV shows in the history of American television. So the idea that he, he can dominate a new cycle with just a two-minute video, there's a reason that, that you played that clip. I, I'm going to be playing that video at the beginning of my show this afternoon because he knows how to communicate effectively, briefly, and stick to the point. So Joe is going to probably end up hiding in his basement for the rest of the election <laughs> except for two events. Now, I, know, I saw you, you were jousting with uh, our good friend Mr. Piers Morgan the other day, uh, which I thought was highly entertaining. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I don't know whether he's going to get you back on to try and justify he, some he, of the stuff he's, he's come out to. with. Yeah, he's asked me to, but I'm not going to do what he tried to make me do last time. I mean, I'm not a flipping performing monkey. Right. He wanted me. He wanted me <laughs> to denounce uh, the Proud Boys. Excuse me, Piz. I'm a guest on your show. What yeah. are you doing? This isn't some stupid debate run by a hack like Chris Wallace. So, yeah. you know, I like I like Piz, but but he needs to do less of the gotcha journalism, in my opinion. Mike. Yeah, I mean, but the great thing about Piz is he says he's not doing it while he's doing it. You know, <laughs> one of his great exactly. uh, one of his one of his great skills. But listen, what about the polling? Because obviously, um, you know, you and I uh, would probably have the same view of many of the pollsters uh, who uh, will skew whatever poll they want whichever way they want it most of them have been wrong over the past four or five years on both sides of the Atlantic has there been any kind of poll done since last night which shows that people are rather more now moving towards Donald Trump not yet it's a little little bit early here it's still 7 a.m here on the east coast but I'm sure we'll see some polling maybe by uh, tomorrow but but let's be clear we, we take nothing for granted at all we, we always play as if we're 20 points down. But for those who are very worried about the president and his chances, remember what the to polls told us in 2016. On the night of the election, the Huffington Post said, oh, Hillary Clinton has a 93% chance of winning. A month before the election, the New York Times said it's in the bag. So if you are in, in this age of cancel culture, ask yourself this question, Mike. If a pollster rang you up or knocked on your door and you were a Trump voter, would you tell them? Well, you know, I've never, ever been called by a pollster in my entire life, which strikes me as amazing, considering I've lived a reasonably long time. And yet none of, nobody's ever called me. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm on some kind of, you know, block list or something like that. You know, I don't know. I do tend to tell people what I think, though. <laughs> well, I think you would. I think you would. I, I think you have a platform and, and you have a character that, that says I'm going to tell you. But I but it's, it's clear that uh, we, we have a, a poll recently by the Cato Institute where 70 percent of the respondents say they are not comfortable uh, openly uh, identifying their political allegiances in a work environment. Yeah. Now, that's cancel culture. If 70 percent of respondents say, I, I prefer not to tell you who I vote for, then how can you poll anybody? And I've lived now in the United States for 12 years and I've been called by a pollster once and I live in D.C. So, you know, it, it's like it's like the old Victorian quote, science of phrenology, mm. when they said the bumps on your head would dictate your character. Polling is like phrenology. It's a dead fake science. Okay. And we have a, a massive silent majority. We had it in 16. And the idea that it hasn't expanded in the last four years is totally counterintuitive. Amazing. Sebastian, when can we hear your show later on? 
Uh, it's uh, eight, uh, 8 o'clock your time, so it's uh, 8 to 11 in the evening. It's called America First, and just like you guys, we live stream on YouTube. So look for Sebastian Gorka, America First. Fantastic stuff. That was Sebastian Gorka uh, talking to us live from Washington, D.C. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, listen, there are people who say, listen, the last thing I want to hear is Mike Graham eating on the radio, right? But the thing is, I'm starving. And a, a woman called Teresa Roberts has just turned up, founder and life president of Jamaica Patty Company. Teresa, very good afternoon to you, first of all. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. And and, and she said, just just try one. Have a just, bite. Just have a bite before <laughs> uh, before you before we start. So I was caught sort of slightly mid-stream. But, you know, so good. I'm going to, have to try another no, one. Yeah, you have a Do bite. Do you mind? But that means you're going to have to talk for a minute and tell us all about... The company. Tell yeah. us about how you founded um, the Jamaica Patty Company. I'm going to take another bite. Yeah, you have a bite. Then I'll leave you to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So the um, Jamaica Patty Go was founded in 2013. And um, it was really just to... I wanted to upgrade the quality of the patties because patties in Jamaica and in the world are like beef burgers right. and they're different qualities. Right. And I wanted to do something for Jamaica at a different level. And I wanted to make sure my patty was the the traditional style that my father used to make for me when I was in Battersea. Oh, in Battersea, right. Because this one I'm just tasting out the bag. Um, It's quite spicy, which I like. Um, And I suppose you'd say the closest thing in in, in English cuisine would be a a Cornish patty, right? Well, they are the children of the Cornish patty. Are they? Okay. Yes. So that's where they came from. The the Cornish bring it to Jamaica. And of course, we Jamaicans always do things better. So we make it spicy. (laughs) (laughs) It is lovely, I must say. I mean, I've I've only been in Jamaica once a few years ago. Loved the food, really thought it was great. Um, and I suppose the, ori- the origin of the pasty, I think, was people used to take it down the mines, didn't that's they? That's right. That's so right. was this also a kind of a workers-type food for lunch and stuff? Yes, yes. Well, the patties you could eat I'm any time. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have a bite. You could eat patties any time of the day in Jamaica. Mm. You know, it's something that we all enjoy doing. And, um, and that's what it is. But the, the, the Jamaica Patty Co. made sure that... We did the patties different because we use all fresh ingredients. Right. And we use a semi-puff pastry just to give it the layer than the flake. Right. And, and it doesn't, you know, it can't stay on a supermarket shelf. So people call them gourmet patties, but that's my Jamaican traditional okay. patty. And is that, it's, and that's with beef, I'm assuming. Is it always with beef? Well, it's, no, no beef, chicken, right. um, vegetable. We've got the saltfish anaki, which is our Jamaican national dish. Mm-hmm. we also got a vegan and we've got curried goat. Oh, curried so, goat. I'm yeah. a big fan of that. Yeah. So I we've really got, love that. We've got eight different... Is there a curried goat one here? It should be, yes. If you look around... I'll just have be... to eat all four of them <laughs> until I start to see which one is right, right? Yeah. So, so, you, so you've been in business for, for quite a long time. Six years. And you supply... Do you, do you sort of supply from there only or do you supply to other people? Well, I, it's, I, I, supply, I sell to my... To the customers from my business okay um, so sort of direct yes yes mail order that yeah, kind of thing yes we can do we do that but what we do we sort of in in covent garden we have a massive well we used to please god had a massive lunchtime trade and yeah. and, an, and an international trade right you know and having open in covent garden we became global because we get the Americans, yeah. the Canadians, and even the Jamaicans. This is the trouble now, isn't it, though? With, I mean, the thing that I keep banging on about, about trying to get us more back to normal, is that yeah. we miss the tourists in London. Yeah, we London, do, we do. You know, we can't... You know, London isn't the same without tourism, yeah, you know? It's heartless. It's really... And I haven't actually been to Covent Garden, funny enough, because people tell me 
there's not much going on there. Oh, it's, it's pretty quiet. It's All the theatres are closed. Yeah. So it must be tough. So have you been able to keep open or not? Yes, I've been open only because I'm there manning it myself. In my street... I'm going to come and see you. Oh, thank you. I'll bring a bunch of people with me. <laughs> but no more than six, obviously, because that would be against the law. Yeah, well, you see, in my street, a lot of people have just given the keys back. So wow. it's very, very difficult. It is lifeless there. But I'm not going to give up on my Jamaica petticoat. No, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just delightful. So, I mean, if people wanted to uh, to order these, I mean, have you got a website? Yes, yes, yes. To? I'm online. I'm online, and I'm and so it's Jamaica Patty Company. And if you look at um, the website, you will see we have got social media. We have got everything right. that tells us about our product. Okay, and uh, we're we're a Jamaican business, so we sell everything. We sell rum cake. We sell Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee. Everything in Jamaica. Is, okay, is and do you Jamaica. get back to Jamaica much? I mean, is it tough at the moment because you can't really fly anywhere, can you? That's right. You know how upset I am. Mm. I went in January. I was supposed to go back in March, and I normally go back in November, but not. At the moment, right, it's really so, tough, isn't yes, it? I mean, it is. is it? I mean, is it a place that you have to quarantine if you go there now? Yes, the I'll have to quarantine if I go there, and if mm. I, when I come back, I'll have to quarantine for four weeks, and oh, it's not it's worth mad, it. Isn't it? It's yeah. crazy. And as far as making the stuff, right? If you were to say to somebody, because a lot of our listeners, we do quite a lot of stuff with different foods. And yeah. Things. If you wanted to try and make a Jamaican pasty, what's this? What's is there a secret you can give away without giving away your secrets? If you well, know what I mean. Well, the, the first thing is, I think. In a sense, you get the fresh, all the ingredients you get fresh. Yeah. Like what we, we got the thyme, fresh thyme, and even turmeric. We get turmeric in our pastry. Yeah. We, we, yeah, it's very yellow, isn't it? Yes, that's so turmeric. So that's the turmeric, yeah, yes, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and the scotch bonnet must be fresh. Everything yeah. must be fresh. But And what gives the Jamaican flavour of everything? Scotch bonnet pepper, yeah. thyme, and we call it scallion, you call it spring onion. Okay. That's what gives Jamaican flavour with allspice, which okay. is, again, pimento. Allspice is nice, yeah, 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 I like that. That's what gives the Jamaican flavour. Interesting. Yeah. And as far as um, the curried goat goes, um, it's not that easy to find goat knocking around these parts. I mean, I shop at Borough Market quite a lot, which has stayed open yeah. throughout. You know, you can get scotch bonnet chilies over there for yeah. sure but it's not that easy to get goat no well we get, we get our goat from scotland do you yes scottish goat yes right how's yes. that gonna happen are you still be able to get that if they get independence <laughs> Independent goat. i'll have to ask my butcher <laughs> and so has business been surviving then for you have you been well, able to keep it going well i'm treading water yeah and my landlord has been very nice to me but he insists that um we've got a make sure we keep our... So we've got to open from 12 till 8 at the moment, okay. even though it's dead. Right. But, you know, that's we've got to give it. But at least dead. that keeps you keeps yeah. you going. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you said you've got Jamaican tea. Have you got any... Jama- are you allowed to sell Jamaican rum? I'm going to try and... Uh, before you answer, I'm going to take a look here yeah. and see if I can see whether they've got... Can you tell by looking at them whether which one is a goat? Yeah, it's C- CG is a curried goat. Uh, they're all they're all marked. CG? Yeah, is there a curried goat there? Well, maybe it's this one, then. Yeah. Is that maybe- CG? Look That's at them. S-A, V-V. Sophie, vegan. S-B. Sp- spicy beef. Okay. S-A. Yeah. So I don't think there is a goat one, unless it's this one. Uh, that's the one you're eating, I bet. Maybe that's the one I'm eating. You, yes, that, yeah, that's yes, it. Yeah, look so at I'm it. already eating curry goat. <laughs> Fantastic. So I'm eating the goat <laughs> one. Mm. You can't say that. That is great. I'll tell you what. Listen, I may not be bright, but I know something's good when I taste it. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, it's real goat. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So, I mean... um, if you, are you able to sell any Jamaican like rum or anything like that, or not really? No, what we we, we are non alcoholic brand, but we sell rum cake, we sell Blue Mountain coffee, we sell curry and rice and peas, uh-huh. jerk chicken and rice and peas, and we have that all the Jamaican great. drinks. You know, I'm, I'm so hungry. I'm, I'm gonna. I may eat all of this now. Yeah, this I don't blame you. So I've got quite a bit of work to do this afternoon. Well, listen, thank you for coming in, thank Theresa you. Roberts. If anyone's in London, go and find her in Covent Garden. Are you in the piazza? No, no, no. We're on New Road, off St Martin's Lane. 
Okay, all right. So go and find her in in St Martin's Lane. Find the um, the company as well, uh, Jamaica Patty Company. I'll tell you what, it's absolutely delicious. It's great stuff, just right for this kind of weather as well. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun this afternoon eating those. Thank you so much for coming in. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me, Teresa Roberts, uh, founder and life president of the Jamaica Patty Company. These are fantastic. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio across the UK, online on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.